Hey everyone, I'm John Steele, and this is After Four, a podcast for InterVarsity alumni. Life after college is hard, and even a great experience with your InterVarsity chapter doesn't shield you from the challenges of transition. As we hear stories from real alumni learning how to make it in their post-InterVarsity reality, my hope is that this podcast will offer some encouragement, a few laughs, and even some hope for the future. This is After Four, and these are your stories. Hey friends, welcome back to After Four, the podcast for InterVarsity alumni. And if this is your first time listening, welcome for the first time. I'm really glad you're here. I'm your host, John Steele, and it is a joy to walk through this post-college life together. Hey, the time has arrived for our next Urbana episode here on After Four. Last month, we got to hang out with Anna Lee Winans, our Urbana 22 MC. We had a fantastic time. I highly recommend checking out that conversation if you haven't had a chance to yet. And this week, we're going to meet another onstage personality, but we're moving to the musical side of life. And if you've ever been to Urbana, and even if you haven't, most likely you're very aware of the worship culture surrounding it. It's multi-ethnic, it's multicultural, it's a big production, and it's full of songs that you're going to be singing for years to come. And every Urbana has its standout song. Back in 2012, my first Urbana, the song was No Other Name. We sang it in Korean, in Spanish, in French, in English. It rocked my world. In 2015, the earworm was the Afrikarib medley. We loved it for its simplicity, its high energy, and for the call and response. I tell you what, I have played that song so many times and at so many camps, conferences, and church services that God himself is probably tired of hearing me sing it. And then we had 2018 and Som Landela. It rocked, it slapped, it was a bop and a half, and just like you, I'm excited to see what song we all wake up singing on January 1st of 2023. Well, today, we're talking to the guy who probably has some insight into that information, the guy whose team is going to lead us into a new musical landscape. He's our Urbana 22 worship director, Imer Santiago. And today, we get to know Imer and start getting some insights on what we can expect for our worship experience in December. And we even get to hear a special version of an Urbana 22 song that you'll only get to experience right here on After Four. So I'm going to stop talking now so that you can enjoy hearing lots of great stuff from Imer. This one's for you, alumni. Hey, Imer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, John. It's an honor to be on the podcast and get to chat with you. Yes, I'm so glad that you're here. I assume that you feel the same way and even more so, but I'm getting pretty excited about Urbana 22. Absolutely. I was just telling someone in a meeting, one of the many Urbana meetings that (laughs) I told them, I felt like when it hit August 1st, that deadlines came into my (laughs) radar that maybe I was or wasn't aware of, but it's been a lot of fun and it's exciting. It really is because some of the things we've been working on, we're starting to see it come to fruition, whether it's a set list, if it's individuals that we've asked to come on the team, it's pretty exciting. Amir, I'm super excited to hear about all things Urbana, but before we even get to that, I want to get to know you just a little bit more. Amir, tell us about yourself. Who is Amir who's going to be our worship director at Urbana 22? First of all, I am the husband of one wife, Liza, (laughs) and we've been married for almost 11 and a half years, and she is amazing. And then we have three children, a boy and two girls. Our son is Keegan. He's 10 going on 
feels 25. He's an old soul. <laughs> and then our two daughters are Sayla. She's age eight. And then Zoe is three. So it's never a dull moment here in the Santiago household. I'm originally from the state of Ohio. So I was born and raised there. I refer to myself as Ohio Rican because I do highly identify with my Puerto Rican <laughs> ethnic heritage. I ended up attending the Ohio State University for undergrad and then eventually University of New Orleans. I first heard of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship when I was an undergrad at Ohio State. And then in my grad years, I actually became part of InterVarsity, not with the grad chapter, but actually with the undergraduate chapter and served as a worship leader. Wow, me too. That is exactly my situation. That's crazy. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> and it, no, there was no offense or anything. The path I was on resonated more with the undergrads. And ever since my graduate years at the University of New Orleans, I've been pretty involved with InterVarsity, whether it's been as a volunteer or hired for certain opportunities to come in and lead worship or consult, that kind of thing. What else? I love to go jogging. I love to read. I love to play the trumpet. Oh my gosh. I love the trumpet. And I can't forget this. I am also a band director. I've been teaching for 18 years at various public schools, both in the Nashville, Tennessee area, and then now here in the Orlando, Florida area where I reside. Let's talk just a little bit more about some of your early InterVarsity experiences. We love to hear some of the stories of our alumni. The roommate I had at Ohio State, we were from the same hometown, and he was not a believer. And we used to have spiritual conversations that got intense. I'll put it that way. <laughs> but it got to a point where we both agreed for the sake of our friendship that we just wouldn't talk about spiritual issues anymore. Months later, he comes up to me and says, hey, bro, I heard of these people in a varsity Christian fellowship. They invited me to a Bible study and I'm going to start attending. I was shocked. And I was like, I don't know who these university people are, but if they're able to engage my roommate and he's agreed to a Bible study, they're good people in my book. And then a few months after that, my roommate came back to me and said, hey, we are now brothers in Christ. I was blown away. He's still a Christ follower. He's an elder in his church. It's amazing. So when I got to the University of New Orleans, based on that experience, I said, I got to be part of InterVarsity. There were neat people, neat students there. They were largely a commuter chapter back then. So our small group meetings would largely be during the lunch hour. But it was great. The fellowship was awesome. My staff worker was Myron Crockett. He was phenomenal. He discipled me beautifully. It was a great time. I'll give you one quick memory. <laughs> My birthday's in October. I was in grad school for two years. In the midst of the second year, we had an intervarsity evening meeting, which was not common. We got done. The worship team, which I was a part of, got done. And the worship team members were like, hey, let's hang out for a little bit before we go home. And we're like, cool. I didn't know it was a delay tactic. And I wish I had a picture to show you. My dorm room was pretty small. And I don't know how they were able to do this. But with my roommate, they were able to plan a surprise birthday party. So by the time I got back, there were probably 25 students in this small little <laughs> dorm. It was crazy, John. Uh, so that was a beautiful memory. So some really awesome InterVarsity experiences, even the way that you found out about InterVarsity. So cool. This great community and to have some really awesome experiences. Let's fast forward however far to your first Urbana. Tell me what you remember from your first Urbana experience. I'm going to age myself immediately when I say <laughs> when it was. It wasn't this century, so that helps. But Urbana 2000, it's hard to believe it'll be 22 years ago. So I first heard of Urbana when I was still at Ohio State. A friend of mine who was part of university did say, I just went to Urbana. And, you know, he had a great experience. So that was a seed in my head. 
And then finally, probably in the spring of 2000, we went to an InterVarsity Regional Conference and they were already promoting Urbana through a video and word of mouth, that kind of thing. So of course, we were excited. And so I did attend Urbana. I had just graduated two weeks before. So I wasn't technically a student, but I really was. I wasn't working full time two weeks, you know, it's the holidays. And it really was a transformative experience for me that still informs who I am as a believer to this day. Because even though the church I grew up in, we spoke English and Spanish, and there were some multi-ethnic, multicultural details in play, I just knew that as my home church. I didn't know that people did things differently, right? But at Urbana, I got to experience what many folks have since then and before then, the multi-ethnic, multilingual worship, whether it's our brothers and sisters from First Nations, or maybe it's missionaries coming to speak from countries they can't even name because it's a sensitive situation. And then just worshiping alongside thousands of other college students and alumni. There was a gentleman, he would recite scripture from memory. Large passages of scripture. It wasn't just like John 3.16. I mean, it would have been all of John 3. Very powerful. That experience of Urbana 2000 really convinced me that anybody who can go to Urbana, even if it's for one plenary session, if that's all you can make, you will not leave the same. And I don't like to overhype conferences, but I think Urbana is that exception for me. It just allows us to see our place in the greater narrative globally at this time, but also throughout history. Uh, And I think that's critical for young grads who are trying to figure out what do I do? Can I give a couple years away of my life to serve in missions or maybe just think differently of how I approach life or church, that kind of thing? Whether it's related to those things specifically or something else, how would you say that your relationship with God has changed because of being at Urbana? That's a great question. For sure, one of the primary ways is understanding that God is receiving worship and praise from his children all over the world, and not just in English or not just in Spanish, but in Swahili, in Mandarin, and not just in different languages, but maybe just different formats, right? Maybe they're dancing. And maybe in certain churches here in the United States, we wouldn't dance in a service, but maybe in another country that's appropriate. So I think that has really been a huge part, even in my role this year, of having conversations with believers from different cultures and saying, hey, how can we have honoring representation of different people groups, different styles, different languages. But I think that's a huge concept to understand that our concept of who God is will never be quite large enough, right? He's (laughs) infinite. He's eternal. We're not. We'll journey our whole lives on the earth, learning more about our great global God. And I think that's important to continually dwell on. Lord, I want to know more about you. And one of the ways we can learn more about him is through meeting more people on the earth that he created. Yeah. The ways that the image bearers of God from around the world teach us about God in ways that we can't understand ourselves. I am an image bearer, but there are people who bear parts of God's image that I haven't seen. I don't know. I don't understand. And I get to learn more about God by learning more about fellow image bearers. And that's pretty cool. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. What's interesting is your Urbana experiences have all been post-college. So as you think about life after college, what impact did your Urbana experiences have on the choices that you made during your 20s and your 30s in particular, and then even in who you're becoming today? I think it's informed me as a worship leader, for sure. And I think sometimes that folks will think, well, Imed, because he's of Hispanic background and he speaks English and Spanish, he's got a leg up on folks who maybe only speak one language, right? And I would say, uh, I mean, maybe a little bit, but there's so much more that I'm learning. For me as a worship leader, because of the Urbanas I've attended and been part of several worship teams, it's just changed the way I ask questions when I'm preparing a worship set list or when I'm invited into a church and they're like, hey, 
can you take us in a different direction that we're not used to? And so I love the opportunity to help congregations expand their view of how we can worship God. And it doesn't have to just be music. As an educator, which I had mentioned earlier, it helps inform me there too, because I'm thinking about the different students that come into my classroom as well. Now, I'm not necessarily leading worship there, but helping them understand that they are image bearers without saying that, if that makes sense, because we cannot go in and preach in a public school, but it informs the way I deal with my students and here in Central Florida, we have a very diverse student population in our schools. So I get to experience learning from the image bearers around the earth, whether they're believers or not, because we can still learn something from them. It's also informed the way I parent, talking to my kids, even though they're 10, 8, and 3, hey, we need to learn more about this people group here from this other country, or learn more about our experience. My grandparents that are now with Jesus, you know, this is how they walked on the earth. This is part of our ethnic heritage, our spiritual heritage. So these are all things that, yeah, some things I knew before Urbana, but I think Urbana has really challenged me and shaped a lot of the way I think. I would say even more recently in the last three or four years, thinking about the gospel and justice. I don't think folks always make the connection that our God is justice and that our worship can include lyrics that talk about the God of justice and how he wants to make all things new. So even today, that's more of the journey I'm on when we hear that protests are happening in the city. What's going on? What's the context? And how can we bring hope to situations that sometimes feel hopeless? Wow. I hear you talking about justice. How do we incorporate justice into worship? Our God is a just and righteous God. Something that I just recently learned that I thought was super interesting is that in Spanish, those are like the same word. Is there not a word for righteousness in Spanish that is just justicia? You just talk about justice. That is correct. Yep. Okay. And that's super interesting to me. Again, engaging with other languages, with people that think about the world differently, experience God differently, and how, because there's two different words for justice and righteousness, I can separate those two in English really easily. But that in other places, you would talk to someone that would say, uh, no, those are two parts of the same thing. They go hand in hand. But also a word that comes to my mind as I'm thinking about the other things you were talking about was hospitality. Yes. It sounds to me like hospitality has been a huge part of the way that Urbana has impacted you long term, whether it's with fellow believers or with people who don't know Jesus and what it looks like to welcome commonly across all spaces, these image bearers. So Emeta, we've alluded to this a number of times already here, but tell us a little bit more about your role for Urbana 22. What are you excited about? What are the ways that you're feeling equipped that God has brought you to this place for this time to be our worship director? Just tell me a little bit about your position. Like I mentioned earlier, it's an honor. You know, they could have selected someone else, but I've got this feeling that a lot of the experiences I've been through are for such a time as this. That's humbling to think that God would say, Emed, this is a season that I've thought about you to be in this role. So I love the fact that I can bring different influences, for example, being a parent, being an educator. I'm not just a musician or a singer. I have these other spheres that I operate in. And so I'm excited to help shape the experience. I'm excited about the team. They're amazing musically. They're talented. But the hearts of the folks on our team, I wish they were all here on the podcast to say hello, but we have a team of leaders. We have worship leaders. We have music directors. We have staff from InterVarsity. We have pastors. I'm just blown away to see what God is already doing in the personal lives of the team. And then they're going to be at Urbana serving in this capacity. Part of my leadership style is that I love to empower others to lead. 
there'll be songs I'll lead. There'll be times I exhort everybody, but you're going to experience other voices like Chantel, who's one of our phenomenal vocalists. She's going to be leading songs or Todd Epps, who was on the previous team. And one of the things I've told each of the members on the team as they onboarded <laughs> onto the worship team was, I want you to be you. I'm not putting a cap on them like, well, leave this part of your culture behind or leave this part of your experience. No, whatever God has been doing in their life to this point, I want them to bring the fullness of that into Urbana, just like I want to bring the fullness of who I am. It's going to be a beautiful experience. As you're talking, I continue to just get this sense of hospitality in worship, that you are being hospitable to your worship team members, and that that's something that's going to flow out to those of us who are worshiping. Because I would say each one of us in one way or another has been told you don't belong here. We've felt that, I think, in one way or another. And to be able to hear there's space for you in this place. That doesn't mean that we're not here to lay things down, to give them up, to turn and walk the other way from stuff that shouldn't be a part of our life. But we want you to be here in this space, whatever it is that you bring with you, because God is ready to receive and to work through these things with us. And man, that is such a welcome invitation. I'm super excited that that's the environment that students and alumni and pastors and locals are going to be welcomed into. That's super exciting to me. You've mentioned twice about hospitality. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with Sandra Van Opsel. Again, another former (laughs) worship director from Urbana and actually served under her leadership in 2009. But we are studying her book, The Next Worship, as a worship team. And one of the chapters, she speaks about hospitality. We welcome you. And then she goes into solidarity. We stand with you. And then the third, mutuality. We need you because we do need each other. The body of Christ, when we come together and unite, we can do so much more together to impact the world for God's kingdom. That's amazing. The next worship. Would you recommend the next worship for only worship leaders, worship team members? Or would this be a, if you are somebody who worships Jesus, this book is for you. I think it's anybody who worships Jesus. There's some beautiful concepts there that we all can learn from and apply. Awesome. I'm going to make sure that there's a link to that in our show notes so people can check it out and use their lifetime 40% alumni discount to pick up that book in preparation for Urbana. Yes. It made one of the standout things about worship at Urbana, and we've talked about this a number of times already, is multi-ethnic, multicultural, multilingual, and so much more. This is a value that we see heavily throughout the conference. I think that you would say that those values are not just for Urbana. Urbana hasn't even started yet, but let's talk about post-Urbana for just a minute. How would you encourage people to continue carrying some of those values in worship with them as they walk out the doors? At 12.01 on January 1st, how do people continue living into the type of worship that they'll be experiencing? I'm smiling here because there's two ways. I'll give you some other ways, but the two primary ways I'm not at liberty to share yet (laughs) or else (laughs) my boss will hear this and be like, but I will say when the okay is given to talk about a couple of these initiatives, I can probably let you know and then you can put an update. Awesome. But what I would say in light of what I just said is social media if they want to reach out to me or any of the Urbana worship team members that they connected well with, I'm sure there's going to be a way to get in touch with us. So that's one way. We want to be able to make charts available, but also we're hoping that we can model at times at Urbana, 
they'll be full team, right? But maybe there'll be more acoustic versions for some of the songs. Because at times when you add the horn players and strings and all the vocalists, it will get up to 20 plus folks on stage. But we also think some of the songs, many of the songs can be done with a piano and a vocal or a ukulele and a vocal or acoustic guitar. So I think that that's important. There will also be at some point after Urbana videos release. And this happened with Urbana 18. Post-conference, they would release like the video of Som Landela. And so I could say, okay, I can take this song now to my particular context and say, hey, this was great at Urbana. I want to teach you this song. So that's part of it. But also we're hoping that students and staff and alumni can be able to articulate and advocate in their own communities why multi-ethnic, multilingual worship is important. That God is doing something not just here in North America, not just here in the United States, but he's doing something on the continent of Africa, in Europe, the Caribbean, South America, right? All over the world. And we want some of the songs that we're intentionally selecting to help reflect that we can be informed by voices around the world, other image bearers who are followers of Christ. And so we're thinking about what songs can give that impact. I love that. There's going to be obviously tons of vision being cast from the stage that people can walk away with. But even more than that, that there will be practical, tangible resources that we can use in our chapters. If you're a student in your church, if you're an alumni worship leader at home, just on your own, you know, Spotify playlist kind of stuff, all of those options to continue diving deeply into this much bigger worship than what we oftentimes get to experience. This is an alumni podcast, so we are geared toward InterVarsity alumni, just like you and me. From a worship director's perspective, would you share why you think that alumni should join us at Urbana in December? Why is it worth the investment at this point in their life to come along with us? That's a great question. Part of the answer is we want to grow as followers of Jesus. And the content there and the atmosphere is one that will invigorate and encourage and the principles that are covered in Urbana are applicable at any age of life, and they can be used in your church. I mentioned earlier about being able to articulate and advocate for multi-ethnic, not just worship, but ministry in general. Many of our communities are changing day by day. You know, they're becoming more diverse. So learning ways to relate with someone who may not look like you or not talk like you and love them and be hospitable, like we mentioned earlier. So to me, we're always learning and growing and hopefully following in the footsteps of Jesus alumni, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. And I even just think about those of us who have been out of our chapter for a long time, I would say, especially if you came from a chapter that had a rich culture of diverse worship, and maybe you aren't experiencing that in your church, now's the time to get refreshed and to get to experience that again, to step into that environment that maybe you've just really been missing and to walk away, maybe revived and refueled in what does it look like for you to have an influence on your community to enact some of these principles in whatever way you're able to bring that in influence. Imeru, the last thing that I have for you here, would you be willing to play us a song today? A special version, a stripped down version of an Urbana 22 song? Something special for just after four listeners here. I would love to. I have a song that I'm thinking of. It's actually an original that I wrote a number of years ago. It's in English and Spanish. It's called Dios de toda la creación, which in English means God of all creation. It declares that he's the God of all creation, but also He's the God of our salvation. And so it's a way to hopefully reflect on thinking more than just our box in our sphere of influence. That God is doing something around the world at all times. Dios de toda la creación, God of all creation. Dios de Norte América, 
Dios de Sudamérica, Dios de Centroamérica eres tú. Dios de toda África, Europa y Australia, Asia y Antártida eres tú. Tuya es la tierra, oh Jehová. Tuyo es el cielo y el mar. Dios de toda la creación, te adoramos hoy, te adoramos hoy. Dios de nuestra salvación, te adoramos hoy, te adoramos hoy, God of, God of all creation, we worship you today, we worship you today. God of our salvation, we worship you today, we worship you today. There is nothing and no one else like you. There is nothing and no one else like you. No hay, no hay nada ni nadie como tú, Señor. No hay nadie como tú, Jesús. No lo hay. There's no one else like you. All right. Thank you very much, Emeira. That was awesome. Super cool. Just to get a little taste of something that we're going to get to experience at Urbana together. Thanks a lot for sharing that with us. You are welcome. My pleasure. Emeira, it's been a great time hanging out with you. Are there any worship team sneak peeks that get thrown out here and there on social media or anything like that? Absolutely. I believe Urbana Missions, which is the Instagram account for Urbana, has been posting some behind the scenes clips and interviews. And then also I'll be posting some footage on my Instagram account as well, which is at Emer Santiago. That's so great. Emer, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a lot of fun to get to talk to you, to get to know you. It's going to be so great to have like, oh, there's Emer on stage. We know him. We got to hear from him. We've heard some of his story. Just again, continues to develop some of that hospitable environment of already recognizing some faces on stage. And I'm really grateful for you giving your time so that we could hear some of these things from you directly before we even get there. Absolutely. Thank you, John. It's an honor to serve as worship director and so excited to be on this podcast. So thank you for inviting me. Oh, man. Happy to do it. I'll see you at Urbana. Sounds good, brother. That was awesome. I loved talking to Emir, and I loved getting a taste of some of the music that we can anticipate this December. But even more, I appreciate Emir's ability to share how Urbana's of the past have impacted his everyday life. 
Yes, it's influenced the way he leads worship, but it's also given him language to interact with his students in a way that honors them as image bearers. It's reinforced values that he wants to instill in his own children, and it's opened his eyes to the global nature of God's work and those who worship him, all of which have an impact on the way he interacts with the world around him on a daily basis. What about you? What circles of your own influence might be impacted because of developing or refreshing a global perspective at Urbana in December? Maybe it helps you increase your value for the input of your international coworkers and their unique perspectives. Maybe it increases your desire to better understand the culture and practices of your in-laws of another ethnicity. Maybe it increases your compassion toward the homeless or those living in a food crisis in your hometown. And yes, maybe it even gives you tools to bring back to your church to strengthen or start developing a multi-ethnic, multicultural approach to worship and broader ministry and a host of other opportunities as well. What might happen for you and for those around you if you attended Urbana 22 in December? I hope you'll come find out, because Urbana is for you, alumni. Check out the show notes to register today. Thanks again, Emir, for joining us today and for being our Urbana 22 worship director. I am so excited to see you there. Hey, it's lots of fun listening to people like Anna and Emir share their Urbana stories, but I want to hear from you too. Do you have a story about how you were challenged at a previous Urbana? Or how God met you there? Or a piece of advice that you'd give someone planning to attend this year? If so, we want to hear about it. You can send us a voice message on SpeakPipe. You can email us a video. You can DM us on Instagram. Whatever your preferred method, we want to hear your stories. Check out the show notes if you need more specifics and send us your Urbana stories today. And then come on back next week for my conversation with Grand Rapids Community College alumna, Hannah. She's going to share with us about the major life trajectory change from pursuing a career in the fashion industry to serving as a children's pastor in a church. How does that happen exactly? I guess you'll just have to tune in next week to find out. So make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform, set those episodes to download, and share with your friends who haven't tuned in yet. All right, that's it for me. I will see you in the after, alumni.